You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. This week, we have a very special guest, Trish King, who has talked to us in the past about using our parenting skills when training dogs. Today's talk, entitled Bullies, the Bully Breeds, is one that can be quite controversial since we have many areas around the country that have breed-specific legislation against the so-called bully breeds. So are they really different and do they require special training? Many people are so passionate about their bully breeds while others will stereotype them as being dangerous. Trish is the Director of Training and Behavior at Marin Humane Society in Novato, California. She has over 20 years experience in dog training, having owned many different breeds as well as a bully breed. And she's going to try to answer some of our questions. So before we meet Trish, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Do you love your dog? Then you'll love feeding him mouth-watering, all-natural treats, lovingly handmade by a professional caterer who wanted the very best for her dogs. Make no mistake about it, these are not ordinary dog treats. These are doggy delights, like breakfast banana biscotti, honey bear peanut butter balls, yummy apple cinnamon mini cakes, and so much more. Your dog will howl in delight. And now you can get a scrumptious sample pack by going to dingersdogtreats.com. It's a $25 value, yours for just $9.95 through this special radio offer. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Every one of these gourmet doggy treats is handmade from the finest ingredients and taste-tested on our own dogs. Your dog will love them. Get $25 worth of doggy delights now for just $9.95. Go to dingersdogtreats.com now. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Yum. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick dog boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A B O N E dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick a-b-o-n-e dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com get 10% off with coupon code petlife 
There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatonic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Trish King, who will be talking to us about bully breeds in today's society and how to train them. Hi, Trish. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. So, I know this is a very popular topic, and it can also be very controversial, and I know you've done a lot of work with bully breeds. What actually are bully dogs? Well, most people think of bully dogs as being pit bull terriers, but, you know, you could actually say that the bullies are all the dogs with bull in their names, so a bull terrier or um, Staffordshire bull terrier or, or whatever, However, there are also bullies that are like Labrador Retrievers or even some German Shepherds. So it's almost a, there are types of dogs that are called bullies and then there are behaviors that are bully behaviors. And when I think of it, I think of both things. So a bully breed dog is more, more likely to, to play or interact in a bullying fashion, but that does not mean that other dogs can't do exactly the same thing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it totally does, because when you hear of bully dogs, I think people either think of them as a particular breed or a dog that is, like you said, is is bullying other dogs. So what are some of the differences between the breed types? Okay, breed types, if you've got um, the pit bulls or M-staffs or whatever, or for that matter, boxers, they have. They tend to have eyes more in, um, towards the front of their head. They they look like a walking muscle in many cases. <laughs> they tend to be very muscular and they have a strong build, kind of blocky build. Their play tendencies or, or um, their tendencies of interaction are very physical. So when they greet you, it's like they're a football player bounding into you. Um, and they, they do the same thing when they're greeting other dogs. It isn't that they're trying to be obnoxious or anything. It's just that that's how they're built and that's where their parentage is. I think that one of the things that people don't quite understand is that genetics is an extremely important part of behavior. And we, you know, we accept this in people. We say, oh, yeah, that the kids that chip off the old block or the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And the same thing is true of bullies. So if you have a a bully-type parent, then the puppy is likely to have bully-type behavior. So in my case, I have probably a bull terrier mix, and uh, we don't really know because he has the, the look of a bully dog, but we don't know his parentage. And he has all the bully behaviors. So would you consider, are there any potential problematic behaviors in bullies? Oh, yes, absolutely. For instance, just plain old greeting behavior. A bully puppy or a a bully adolescent 
might have a tendency to breed other dogs by very over-enthusiastically. Now, all puppies do this to a certain extent, and most of the time they can be taught not to do it, and the same thing is true with bullies. But the bully dogs have a genetic predisposition to do this in a lot of cases. They have a full-face-forward approach. Many of my clients say that, that, that you know they're just overly enthusiastic and other dogs don't quite know what to do with them. They tend to use body slamming as a, as a way of playing. Our bully dog, Luke, likes to play with the other dogs or did like to play with the other dogs by just running into them and just, just hitting them on their side. And they'd kind of barrel over and he'd look at them like, wow, wasn't that fun? Well, they don't think it's fun. He thought it was fun. (laughs) So so we had to do a lot of work to kind of help him start to learn that the other dogs don't interact the same way. So they they do have that tendency. Now, with regard to the actual, you know, the, the pit bulls, people, you know, people also think of them as being bully dogs, which they are, but then they have this aura of nastiness or danger about them which may or may not actually be accurate. That's a great point. Let's go back to uh, when you were saying you needed to, Luke, your dog, that you needed to teach him not to greet other dogs that way. You know, so many people say, well, let the dogs work it out, or why can't the dog tell them? Um, Sometimes that doesn't necessarily work. So what did you do, or what do you recommend to people to do if they feel like they've got one of these bully dogs that go in there like a linebacker, in other words? Yes. Well, if they have the dog from the time they're a puppy, they actually have um, a better chance of, of intervening early. If you have a puppy that's a, a bully, then one of the major things that I recommend that you do is you do not have the puppy play with other puppies. Because just like in school, you know, the, the bully kid will almost always pick on kids that are smaller and weaker. And as a human being, we know that this is rather a disgusting kind of a thing, but, <laughs> but they still do it. And the same thing is true with bully puppies. They will, they pick on the smaller, weaker dogs, and they will overpower them. So if you allow a bully dog to play with smaller, weaker dogs, all he will be doing is getting better and better and better at his behaviors. So my first suggestion is that you usually have them play with adult dogs that can handle what's going on. I remember doing a, an evaluation of a little pit bull puppy at the shelter that was quite fascinating because I had my German Shepherd in there to meet the dog, and she was just, just fantastic with the Shepherd. She walked up to the Shepherd, and she licked his lips, and she rolled over on her back, and she said, Oh, wow, you are such a great, big, wonderful Shepherd, and I am such a little dog. And then we brought another pup in, and it actually happened to be another bully puppy, but it was um, a shire dog. And this dog, this the, the puppy that had been so good with Strider, immediately took the measure of this other dog and just blasted into her and rolled her over and stood over the top of her and growled. And it was astounding to watch this. Um, I even took video of it because it was so amazing that the this dog should never have ever been able to play with other puppies. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm hoping that it never could after that. That's a great point because there are many people out there that probably are taking their dogs to a puppy class and maybe they they either own one of these bully dogs and they're seeing their puppy 
treat the other puppies that way and they're embarrassed by it or maybe they're they have the dog that's being bullied in a puppy class so if they are in a puppy class what do you recommend that they do i know in our puppy classes at st hubert's many times we always have a social adult dog in there it's sort of like the monitor the playground monitor being there and they they change do you have any other suggestions well, in, in our puppy classes, we really do keep a lookout for bully dogs. We do not let them play with uh, other dogs that they're likely to bully. We actually split our puppy classes after the puppy classes have begun. We split them into two with dogs being paired or, or you know, in groups of like dogs. So we might have the monitor dog, as you call it, which is a really good term, in with the bully puppies. Uh, and the other pups can just play on their own. And that actually is very helpful. What I do find is that a lot of people don't realize that their dog is a bully dog, and so when it starts to bully another puppy, they go, oh, well, he's just playing, which is indeed is the case. And the owner of the other puppy will get confused and think it's okay. And my advice to the owner of the other puppy is if you feel uncomfortable at all, about the play that's going on. If you have a good instructor, you tell the instructor, and they should honor your request. If it's at a dog park situation or or whatever, then you you want to take your puppy out because the worst thing a puppy can have, as you know, is a traumatic event. It can color their behavior for the rest of their life. Absolutely. And you bring up a really, really good point that I want to ask you about. So dog parks are popping up all over the country now, as we know. And are bully dogs good for dog parks? And what are some key things for people to look for? Some of them are. Some of them aren't. I'm not an advocate of dog parks in many areas or in many many types of dog parks. I like dog parks where the there's a path that people follow that you walk your dogs in the you know as opposed to kind of a big square piece of land because most problems in dog parks happen after the animals are in and have settled in and now believe that this is part of their property from the point of view of just whether a bully is appropriate no <laughs> in so many cases this they're not appropriate because they will hone their bad greeting st- skills and they will hone their bad playing skills so they actually become very good at being naughty, and we want them to be very good at being good. So these are dogs that either need to play with dogs that can tell them where to stop or that they learn to play with objects with their owners. And that's one of my things that I really like to, to tell people to do is to teach the dog to do to retrieve or to do other, do other kind of sports, which is a good way for them to learn. Great. So say, for example, that a dog attempts to tell your bully dog off and your bully says, I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not going for that. And a squabble occurs. What can the owners do to break it up, obviously, without getting injured? I think that's something important for people to learn. Well, one of the things to do is, of course, not to let it happen. So to be, to be really aware of what goes on. One of the things that bullies do is they often... Um, along with Border Collies, have a, have a really great grasp of the concept of lock and load. So they'll often, they'll often stare at another dog before they do something. And we don't like to even see the dog staring at all because it, it's extremely off-putting for other dogs. I was doing a talk once on how eye contact will spark aggression in many dogs because it is either perceived as a threat or a challenge by the dogs who are receiving the threat. 
and the uh, there's a guy in the audience who is a psychologist, and he said, well, a stare in the human world either means a threat, a challenge, or an offer of sex. And I thought that was very interesting, because it's true that we also don't tend to stare at each other. And if we do, I mean, we have all these sayings about whoever blinks first and all that kind of stuff, showing that our tendencies, you know, are to not hold eye contact for very long. So you can see that when one dog holds eye contact with another dog, that the dog that is on the receiving end might feel threatened, and that can cause a fight. So the first thing you want to do is look for precursors. If you know your dog has precursors to aggression, then you don't want them to do something wrong. Another thing is that if the dogs actually start to fight, if you can just run into them, that's good. And if they're non-bully type dogs and they're fighting, then just moving away from the dog sometimes will stop the fight immediately because they want to be near their owners. The bullies sometimes will get carried away. That's a great point, Trish. But I think don't we have to really be fussy about telling owners, don't put your hands in the middle of a squabble? Oh, yeah. Putting your hand in the middle is a really bad idea. If you're wearing a jacket, throwing a jacket over the dog's head is a good thing. What I do, and I don't know that I recommend it, is I actually will grab a collar of the dog on top and twist. And then you're just cutting the airway off for a couple of seconds and enough time for them to release their grip. But hopefully you never get to that point. Yes. <laughs> you really don't want to have the dogs fighting. And I think that's an, you know, an important thing for people to realize is that dogs will fight if they, if they feel pushed into it. Uh, another point about bullies, and I, this is something that, that is not true of all bullies, but it's true of enough of them that it needs to be said, is that there is a genetic predisposition to aggression, and that may not pop up until right at social maturity. So in the case of our own dog, and this is a dog that is being raised by two dog trainers. He was a foster, and he was, um, we didn't actually mean to keep him, it just kind of happened. And we had him walking with other dogs all the time. He went through classes. He learned rules. He learned structure. He knows how to behave. Um, he knows how to do, you know, how to watch me when I'm walking with him. He's a very good obedience dog. If another dog comes up to him and he doesn't know that dog, his response to that dog is to jump on it. Interesting. And yeah, and it's, it's a purely genetic response. He gets along very well with the other dogs in our household. But it is like, before I make friends with you, I'm going to jump on you and growl at you. Well, that's not, that's not a very good way to greet anybody. <laughs> no, no. So, so we do not allow him to greet. He doesn't good. get to do that. Great suggestion. And what we're going to do is we're just going to take a short break so we can hear a word from our sponsors. So don't go away. And we'll be back speaking with Trish as soon as we return. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of you and your pet. 
For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvana, your host, and joining us is Trish King, Director of Training and Behavior at Marin Humane Society in Novato, California, talking to us about training bully breeds. Welcome back, Trish. Thank you. A question to ask on with bully breeds. Can you tell us a little bit more about maybe owning multiple dogs? So many people in today's society have more than one dog. And what if you have a, a bully-type breed? Are there any suggestions on our tips that you can give our audience when they have a bully breed or a bully-type dog in a multi-dog household? Okay, there are two aspects to this question. The first would be that, uh, you know, just raising them together. And the second one is trying to introduce a dog into a home where they're introducing a bully dog into a home where there are other dogs or introducing other dogs into a home where there's a bully. So there, you know, this is kind of a complicated question. Raising the dogs together, if you have, um, like we did with a puppy that was raised in a home with several other dogs, it's relatively easy. You just want to make sure that play doesn't get carried away because puppies will play and there is, and puppies will play with anybody that will play with them. And that's wonderful. They should play with other puppies but what, or other dogs. But what we would do is when they were playing, we have a, a cue that is an interrupt cue when the play would get a little too hard. Now, this is also good for any dog. It doesn't matter whether they're bullies, but it's certainly more appropriate for bullies. So when, when Luke would start to get over the top, we have a, a, a cue we call the hot dog cue, which is kind of cute. And <laughs> essentially what it is is when they start to get into a state of arousal, we say the word hot dog, which just it has a long story attached to it, which I won't go into. And we walk through the playing dogs so that there's actually movement. And you get up and you walk through the dogs. And you walk to a predetermined place. In our case, it was the cookie jar, but it could be a refrigerator or something else. You have all the dogs sit. You give each of them a treat, and then you let them go play again. And what you've done is essentially drop the arousal level from high to medium. And so then they can go back and play, and they'll play at a reasonable level, and they might start escalating again, at which point you do it again. So after about, oh, I don't know, a week or two weeks of doing this, maybe even less, when you say hot dogs, the dogs immediately stop playing so hard and go back to playing softly. 
Beautiful. That's excellent advice. And like you said, that, that could be any dog. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bully type dog, but it's, it's teaching them not to go, really not to get themselves over the top. What we say is when dogs start to go vertical, <laughs> when, mm-hmm. they, when they start to play in the sky, so to speak, when they're up on their hind legs, that's usually a sign that you want to do, you know, an interrupt cue right then. So that's raising a dog, you know, in a household with other dogs. And there are other things that are that are very good to do with those, which is just when you give one dog a treat, the other dogs all get treats and all that kind of stuff. That's just normal multiple dog behaviors or etiquette, so to speak. Introducing a bully dog into a household, an adult or an adolescent bully dog into a household with their, their dogs should be done very carefully. You want to avoid any kind of confrontation pretty much at all cost. So we would do and we suggest a lot of, of leash work and tie-downs. If you've ever introduced a cat to another cat or to a cat household, you know that it takes about six months. <laughs> right. You, ha- you have to do it very slowly, um, actually keeping a cat in one room while the cat, uh, you know, another cat's in another room. Well, you don't have to go quite that far with a bully, but you should have them under some kind of restraint so that there is no interaction until they already like each other. Explain, um, you, you mentioned a few times tie-down. Explain to the audience what that means. Well, that's an indoor tether. It normally is about three to maybe four feet long, and, and we use like bicycle wire for it. And Luke's tether is, he's a, his tether is around a, uh, a part of our wall. Sometimes you have to actually have to put a, um, a hole in the wall and put a, now I can't remember the name of it, but, but attach it to the wall. And you have a bed there, and that might be where he might get some two toys or whatever. So it's not a punishment. It's a pleasant place to lie. The reason I prefer it to a crate in this case is because then the dog is part of the family, not separated from the family, but is not able to to do naughty acts or whatever. So our tie-down is in the middle, of, uh, right on the side of our kitchen, and um, that when he's on a tie-down, he can see every place, and he has learned that when he goes on a tie-down, he just lies down and goes to sleep. And it is, um, it's something that we recommend for many, many people but especially it's important when you're trying to introduce a bully to other dogs in the household. Um, you have to keep the arousal level, the excitement level, low so that all dogs can think. You know, I usually say that the more excited a dog is, the less likely they are to be thinking. Very much like very us. Much like <laughs> us. <laughs> very much like us. You know, it's kind of like the, the kids in the playground, the, the higher the decibel level, the no, more you know that somebody's going to start crying very shortly. You bet. And the same thing is true with dogs. So it's this long, slow process combined with tons of walks, lots of exercise. And walks should be done with all dogs together or two dogs or however many dogs that you have so that they learn that they learn the good behavior without ever having resorted to poor behavior. And then you can get them to like each other. So that could be a behavior that you want to enhance, then. Are there any behaviors that you want to minimize? Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, <laughs> you want to minimize staring. We have a bully breed class, and one of the major, the major behavior we're looking for is to minimize staring because they, they will capture another dog's eyes, and that will cause problems. You want to minimize bully behavior, just the, the body slamming and whatnot. We don't allow that in our household at all, and I don't recommend that people allow it. Many of my clients have said, well, you know, my dogs play really roughly. And again, this isn't necessarily just bullies, but it can be more so with bullies. 
they play very, very roughly. They body slam each other and they roll on top of each other and they look like they're causing massive damage. Is that okay? And I've always thought, oh, yeah, that's okay because they know each other. Well, now I'm sort of thinking maybe not because if they take the dog to play with anybody else, any other dogs, then the dog is going to, that's the, the play style that they've learned is appropriate and they will play that way with other dogs as well. So I tend to want to minimize a lot of physical play. In our house, we have a cue which is, you know, get the toy. So if the dogs are starting to play a little bit too roughly, we just say get the toy. And at first we held up a toy and started wiggling it for them and then they'd grab it. And now all they do is we say get the toy and they'll go look for a toy and they pick up the toy and then they start to play tug with the toy. And that stops the -the over-the-top rough behavior. Perfect. So it redirects their attention to something else, in other words. But they can still play with each other. They just now have an object to play with instead of each other's skin. (laughs) That's true. That's true. One last question before we finish up. Uh, You you mentioned you have a bully breed class at Marin. Can you just briefly tell us about that and how it differs from a regular dog class? It differs mainly in that the work on attention takes up probably the bulk of the entire six-week class. We want the dog to pay attention to the owner regardless of what else is going on. So we start to give distractions from the very beginning. So we teach, you know, a good watch me um, where the dog is supposed to keep their eyes on the human being. And we teach something that is called a look away or an auto watch depending on on who's teaching it. And essentially it means you look at, at another dog and then you look back at me. And then we do that, we do that actually use starting off with stuffed animals, then we go to other animals, we go to other dogs, we go to cats, we go to skateboards, we do, we do attention regardless of what is going on the outside. We want the dogs to look back at us. Then the, some of the other things we do are just pretty much normal, like sitting down and stay and all that kind of stuff. But essentially, we also do a lot of handling because these guys get to be very strong and if you can't handle them, then you can't, you shouldn't have one. <laughs> I think of bullies as being like, like a motorcycle. If you can't pick it up, you shouldn't have it. <laughs> so. Great point. Excellent point. So, unfortunately, we're out of time, but we'd like to thank our guests and producers for making this show possible. Trish, I know the audience um, definitely will find this topic interesting. And if where can they reach you? Uh, where do they go if they're interested either in maybe joining that bully class or they're interested in more information about training a bully dog? Can you tell us where they can contact you? Sure. We have a website, which is marinhumanesociety.org, and that's M-A-R-I-N, humanesociety.org. Marin Humane Society is all one word. And if you want to contact me, you just put tking at marinhumanesociety.org, and you can then reach me that way. And um, I, a lot of the things that I was talking about today are also covered in my book called Parenting Your Dog, and that can be um, purchased on Amazon.com or a lot of other big bookstores. Yeah, wonderful book published by TFH Publications. So I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorites, and I recommend it to all of my clients. If you'd like a transcript of the show or any other shows on Pet Life Radio Network, please go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on Teacher's Pet. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future shows, please email me at pia, P-I-A, at PetLifeRadio.com. 
Until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you, Trish, and thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.